Hello, everyone. You're listening to In the Weeds, an agriculture podcast hosted by Monica Jean and the Michigan Field Crops team. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another In the Weeds with Monica Jean and the MSU Extension Field Crops team. Today, we're going to be diving in Uh, It's not a new conservation tool, but I think it's gaining uh, more attention um, and starting to become maybe a little bit more prevalent in our landscape, and that is prairie strips. And so uh, we're going to have kind of a two-parter here. First, we're going to talk to Fahime about um, like the installation and the resources that exist around getting started with prairie strips. And then we're going to dive into some of the research about the benefits and strategies along prairie strip planning with Nate. And so I'm going to go ahead and let you guys introduce yourselves. Fahime? Hi, my name is Fahime Baziari. I work at the Michigan State University Kellogg Biological Station, and I am the My Strips Program Coordinator within the Long-Term Ecological Research Program. All right, and Nate, can you introduce yourself? Yeah. Hey, I'm Nate Hahn. Um, I'm a research associate in the Department of Entomology at Michigan State University, and uh, I do, I'm an ecologist, and I'm interested in insect ecology and conservation and agroecology and where all those things kind of collide together. So prairie strips are one of the many things I'm interested in. Really good collision. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Very cool. All right. So um, we're just going to kick it off with, like, what are prairie strips and... Um, why would a person, a landowner, be interested in installing or looking into this conservation practice? A prairie strip is a conservation practice that establishes native flowers, orbs, and grasses onto the landscape. Uh, and they're strategically placed within row crop fields or on the edge of the field or in low yielding areas to help um, improve water quality soil health and bring in beneficial pollinator or insects for your crop. That they sound like the silver bullet. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm guessing a landowner would um, decide to put in a prairie strip because they would be looking into one of those things as something they need on their farm or on their lands. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, So are there different kinds then to achieve those different things or how, like, what are the categories of prairie strips? Well, it's really to determine what your prairie strip, which is like what it sounds like a strip of prairie within your field, um, can really be dependent on, based on your needs. So where are these the consistently low yielding areas? And it may turn out to be a perfect strip along the edge of a field or may end up being like uh, varied widths. But you want to maintain a 30 foot width of the strip if you're going to place them in these areas. Um, so that's, it doesn't matter if it's field edge or in the middle of a field somewhere that's 30 feet wide. Yes, okay. absolutely. So just think of like where the needs are on the farm. Um, so it, it can, so really it's a, it's a strip that can be placed anywhere on the field where you have a need or low yielding areas. Yeah, so, so like, I can imagine you'd put it in an area, like, this bunch of water that runs through. Like, it'd be a great place to put that to pick up on the sediment or to slow down. Um, at Field of Edge, I'm assuming that'd be great for just promoting, you know, beneficial insects and those kind of... The Edge of Field is really great when you have a tree line um, 
where the trees are encroaching on the crops and it's harder to get good yield in those spots. Um, or where the largest pest, which we call the deer, <laughs> loves to yeah, hunt there. Yeah. <laughs> kind of buffers the deer. Um, yeah. Is it worth talking about the, the history a little bit? Yeah, um, that would be okay. great. Yeah, so like going back to Iowa, Iowa research in Iowa. We do everything the I-States do, right? <laughs> yeah. They have it all figured out. Little land of corn. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the prairie strip concept kind of originated from research in Iowa, from researchers at Iowa State University. So, it was a project led by Lisa Schulte-Moore and a bunch of other folks. And I think there, the big issue was water quality. Right. So in a really, really simplified landscape, that's just like corn soy, mm -hmm. corn soy. Monoculture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Super like, but like, you know, if you've ever flown over it, it looks pretty different from Michigan, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's like wall to wall. And there were big water quality issues. And those were big, big fields with a lot of topography. So these linear prairie strips were designed sort of to, to catch water and to um, pull nutrients out and let water soak in. So that was like the original need i think that they were like hey what if we put these linear perennial elements back into this landscape that used to be prairie strategically in a way that'll you know catch water catch soil and catch nutrients so that they're not just running off and you know ruining water quality and then they did that and they're really good for that purpose and then it turns out they're also super super multifunctional so they bring in beneficial insects they yeah great for pollinators they can harbor natural enemies of crop pests they look cool. Uh, they hold on to soil. It turns out they're um, like great snow fences, which was, I oh, think, yeah. an unanticipated benefit is they, they'll catch snow and then keep it from blowing across the road and stuff. So it just ended up that they're they're like a Swiss Army knife. They're like a multifunctional thing you can add on the landscape. And then cool. now that they've been, you know, shown to be such a success in Iowa, now we're thinking about how to how does that where does it go from there? Can we do that in places like Michigan? And should it look the same? You know, we have a little bit different set of goals probably in a Michigan landscape versus an Iowa landscape, but also some overlap. Yeah. So, yeah. When you talk about water management, that always makes me I, like, I get excited because when you look at um, our changing like our weather systems, um, moisture management is going to be a really huge hurdle now yeah. and in the future. And so um, anything that can kind of help like hold uh, moisture, whether it's in the winter time or help like slow down water moving through or right, any of those um, moisture management tools, I think uh, on a really large scale for what we're trying to achieve as far as adaptation and mitigation in our fields. It's a, that's ex an exciting um, tool in our toolbox for that, for that kind of work. And so, you know, we're kind of dancing around this idea of like planning, strategic planning of like the landscape, right? through different kinds of um, prairie strips, fitting them in places. Uh, but planning within the prairie strip, I'd like to talk about that a little bit. So is there strategic planning of what you should be planting in your prairie strip for the kind of job you want it to do? Or how does one think about that? Well, it's really important to, again, go back to your goals of what you want out of the prairie strip. So if you're thinking about water quality, choosing the species that have very deep rooting systems. If you really want to increase pollinators, maybe have a higher forb diversity to bring in all kinds of insects um, onto your field. Uh, so again, you can go back to um, 
really what your goals are. But um, it also can depend on, if you're not quite sure, there's also just um, like generic mixes for pop prairie strips. So if you go to um, any seed dealer and you say, I want a prairie strip mix, they'll give you a high diverse or, a, or even a low diverse uh, mixture of plants that you can put on your field. Okay. But right. it also, and then also another thing to talk about with seed is cost. So mm -hmm. the higher diversity will come with a higher cost. So even thinking about that and putting that into your consideration, you can still get the benefits of a prairie strip and have a lower diversity strip um, to reduce the cost of seed. I'm assuming what you buy locally is hopefully good for, like that's what can persist and exist in your environment. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think different people have different sort of standards and goals around that. So if you wanted to mimic a prairie like that was historically mm -hmm. in Michigan, which they were, you know, we're, we weren't, a, we're not a prairie state exactly, but there was some prairie that sort of crept up into lower Michigan and mm -hmm. there were pockets of it and stuff. Um, you can go with like a local seed producer who could even tell you, there are some who like, you know, they could tell you, oh, we collect this seed from native prairies within your county, that kind mm. of thing. Um, or there are on the other end of the spectrum, like you can source your seeds from just something that, says these are from the Midwest and, you know, given climate change and all the changes that are happening, maybe, maybe some genotypes from, from Kansas or something and moving them up here is a good, yeah. a good thing, but yeah, it just depends on your goals. Okay. And along with the cost, you brought up the cost for the seed, which is common with cover crop planning that the more we have in our, you know, mixtures and then the more expensive they are. So that's, that's, that's true throughout apparently, <laughs> but there's also like cost of maintenance and what, what is the maintenance around prairie strips? So really when you establish a prairie, um, beginning to the planning is really important in deciding where you want to put these strips and what type of seed do you want and, um, what kind of equipment. So using a seed drill, to drill and seed, um, maybe with a carrier species, because some of these seeds are really small or really mm -hmm. fluffy, um, and to get an even distribution of uh, grasses and the forbs as you plant them. Um, so the first year is um, finding that location, drilling in, and it's going to look like a weedy patch, or it's going to look like you just put on a bunch of cover crops. Um, but what you want to think about is these plants are putting a lot of energy into building their root structure. So uh, on the surface, they're not going to look very impressive, but they are doing all the work below ground that we can't see. Um, and then through then the second and third year, you're, you're constantly mowing at a certain height of growth. So the first year, you're mowing probably five to six times that year. Once the plants get to 12 inches, you want to mow it. Um, mm. and then the, the, and this is just to reduce weed competition. The second year you could probably mow two to three times again, when the plants get up to 12 inches and really, again, it's just to maintain that weed, like you want to out compete the weeds. That's really what you're doing. Um, and then by the third year, you should have some good establishment. And then after that, it's really low maintenance. It's burning every third year and spot herbicide, um, so prescribed burning, if you if that's not an ability for you to do that, you can also mow every third year um, mm. or just continue that spot weeding to get woody species out, especially if you're on the on a tree line. Um, or, you know, if you're having a patch of 
plants that you're like, I didn't plant these in there and you want to get rid of them <laughs> and put in some more forbs or grasses, beneficial grasses there. Okay. I say burning is fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there is it's a impressive. burning video of people are like, burning what? So um, I'm sure we can make sure that there's links to some of these supporting ones as they come on and we'll make sure everything's like cross posted. So, but there is some pretty good footage of burning all that oh, here, right at the, we're at the Kellogg biological station recording this. So there's yeah. some out in the plots here, right? Yeah. It's, 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 I mean, the re exactly. And the reason you really want to burn it's, it's, it is beneficial because these plants are adapted to that burn period and that cyclical burning. And so they really do well when you can get fire on the landscape and you can even be really creative. Like you can spot and patch burn if you really, and then you get really a flush of different species mm. and really like if you wanted to get artistic with your field. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it'd be fun to have it in my yard, but I'm in the city. So it probably isn't. Yeah, that's I will say having seeded uh, some prairies and like, I, I had a, I would say quote unquote prairie strip in my front yard yeah. for a while living out in the country. Um, the first year, you got to go on faith because you mm. seed it and it doesn't look so good. It just looks like weeds um, or hopefully cover crop if you, <laughs> and then uh, you just got to like kind of hang on and keep mowing it. And then the second year, maybe it looks a little better. Uh, there's some early flowering species like black eyed Susan mm. that will come, hopefully come on really strong. Um, and then really it's the third year where you start seeing like the plants that you seeded. They're finally getting, a, they've been diligently yeah, putting down roots and then they finally show up. And then year three or four, suddenly, you know, in the middle of the summer, you have this gorgeous prairie with butterflies and all these things in flower and stuff. But it, it's a process. It takes a little while. And it, it might, in year one or two, it might look real bad. And you might be thinking, "There's this didn't work. It's not taking. Uh, but you just got to, like, hang on and keep yeah. mowing it or burning it. Or, and, yeah. How long do they last? You can keep a prairie strip as long as it, you want. Um, but... There are programs that they usually give it a 15-year period, but you can keep the prairie strip out there as, as long as you want it out there. Um, some people are, current research right now is to determine if it's beneficial to move a prairie strip. So once you, if you had a spot that had low yielding, like the soil needed some amendment, um, you could keep the strip there and um what happens to the soil after? Are you retaining those benefits? Um, mm. If you wanted to terminate it, that that could be a, a source. But if you like the prairie strip, keep it out there. And especially if it's like um, maybe you're trying to mitigate water quality issue like uh, erosion or flow, it's probably better to keep it. Okay. All right. And then you just kind of mentioned about the program. So can you explain what programs are existing here around Michigan and um, like what's available for resources for people? Yeah, so the, I am the program coordinator for the MyStrips program, which is a partnership with Iowa State University's STRIPS team. And because of all their inroads that they've done to promote prairie strips in Iowa, they really wanted to expand that because more states, like um, Michigan has native prairie habitat, um, and so they wanted to expand and um, really help adopt strips on fields as a conservation practice. So we've joined with with the uh, with Iowa State University to um, help spread this information. So we have we host field days, we do um, try to do stakeholder engagement, coordinate. Um, we're really a resource for people who are want more information. 
um, if they wanted to establish a brewery. Very cool. And so um, checking back, because it, it does sound like you guys have annual events that people can check out. So checking back for those annual events on, you said there's a Twitter, I heard? Yep. At, so the best way to find information about my strips in any program at the at KBS um, LTER um, is through at KBS LTER on Twitter. Uh, but there is a my strips page on the KBS LTER website. All right. Well, I think that's all for the first portion of our what is and how do. Um, and we will be uh, check back for the second portion here that we'll be getting started. And that's more about the research and some of the more in-depth um, like strategizing of the prairie strip. This podcast has been brought to you by the MSU Extension Field Crops Team. For more podcasts or information, please visit us at canr.msu.edu backslash field underscore crops. Thanks for listening.